And welcome back to the Fantasy Front Office Podcast for the week of January 29th, 2019. This is episode 50, guys. Heyo. We made it. That good old half-century mark. In the front office with me are Todd and Phil. Gents, welcome back for our first time in 2019 all together here. And tonight we are going to dive into a little bit of positional preview and give our interesting top 10s on first base, which is shallower than ever, and second base plus some potential sleepers or deep draft values out of those two positions. And now, entering your ears, your Fantasy Front Office. So, leading off tonight, let's uh, take a gander here and see where we sit with first base. All right, starting off, we are unanimous with the number one first baseman. Uh, This should be a name known pretty well amongst all of us. There's been a lot of news this offseason, and that is of Paul Goldschmidt. Still Uh, not sorry, guys. Yeah, I doubted you would be. It still hurts every day. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to for a long time. From a place of deep sadness. I mean, at least we got a backup catcher in Carson Kelly and a number five starter in the Weaver. So nice. That's lit. <laughs> totally worth um, MVP caliber for space. But it's, it's fine. I hear they're good guys, though. Yeah. <laughs> for the first time in many a years, you may be able to get Paul Goldschmidt on a discount. Uh, currently, NFBC has him going 20th overall. The latest he's gone is 30. Wow. Dang. And the earliest is 12. So, uh, 20th overall, I I definitely be pulling the trigger on him. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that's getting a little bit of Cardinal hate at this point, it looks like. Uh, he should be going maybe a little bit closer to that 12 pick that's the minimum pick, in my opinion, but I don't know. Well, he can't because Baez is there. Uh, it's true. We're Good definitely going to be debating that here in a little bit. Oh, yeah. And yeah, that, that pick makes, makes way more sense there. Yeah. Apologize. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, Goldie last year, that was the first year we saw him kind of drop to like the end of the first round, but he put up first round stats, had a massive second half. So at 20, that that is a steal. You're not going to miss by picking up Goldschmidt right there. Uh, wasn't it last year we were debating taking him, what, third overall, fourth overall? Yeah, yeah it was definitely early, middle, first round. Oh, boy. All right, second place here. Phil and Todd both have Freddie Freeman down. Now, just to let you guys know, I'm, I'm not picking my top 10 out of a hat here. It may seem like it. <laughs> I'm also not pulling it out off the top of my head because I would generally go Freddie Freeman here, as you both did. But I've been messing around with a few different algorithms, playing with ranking and whatnot. So my algorithm came up with Anthony Rizzo as the number two ranked or highest ranked first baseman, which it looks like, Phil, you've got him third. And Todd and I both have Cody Bellinger in the three spot. Bellinger probably... Is he going to be eligible at first base this year? Yes. Yeah, what I'm seeing on ESPN, he is right now. Okay. Worth keeping in mind, this might be his last year at first. Yeah, looking at center field there in Dodger Stadium. But so, 
I'm guessing what uh, our version of the shredder is uh, looking at is that obviously Freeman only had 23 home runs last year, but he's a guy who, you know, the on-base percentage is always around 390, over 300 hitter, uh, just one of the best pure hitters. And he was able to play all 162 last year, which was huge. And he only played 117 games in 2017. So I'm guessing the bump in the fact that Rizzo always has a good on-base percentage and more homers, that's probably what um, gave him the bump in that scenario. But it, that's just a preference. He wanted to hire average or um, just more power from Rizzo. And I think Rizzo's going to even bounce back a little from last year. Well, plus you get the stolen bases from Freddie Freeman over the last couple of years. And plus, I mean, also, I mean, he had a 23 home runs, so sure, he was down in that category, but if you look at his slugging, he slugged 505. That's still elite slugging for, you know, first baseman, so I think that he bounces back and jacks a few more home runs, I believe if I'm remembering correctly. Their new ballpark uh, is a little bit hitter-friendly, so uh, I think, you know, he could easily hit 25, 28 home runs again um, next year, maybe even straight by with 30 home run season again. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility with still, you know, low floor as far as 305, maybe batting average. Um, I don't know. Freddie Freeman's my boy. I actually yeah. viewed uh, Freddie Freeman and Goldie as like one, one A, one B kind of thing. Yeah, the uh, the version of the shredder that I'm using, it, it doesn't take into account any of your batting average on base. So it's literally just your counting stats. Uh, the ratios will kind of handle themselves, uh, yeah. which which is why Joey Gallo makes an appearance kind of high on the list, uh, higher than most people would ever put him there uh, because batting average is not taken into account there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Rizzo, I was a little wrong on that. Rizzo only had 25 homers last season too, but, um, but yeah. And then Freeman had a higher averages, but I mean, both are pretty close. I just think Freeman's a little bit uh, safer, a little more upside considering uh, he always hits over 300, you know, and he had 28 homers in 117 games in 2017. So that if he would have stayed healthy, that would have been a 40 home run season just two seasons ago. So, you know, what's crazy is there's three hitters in the National League that both all three started off absolutely terrible and all three ended up doing pretty awesome. And it was uh uh, Matt Carpenter, uh, Anthony Rizzo, and Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, mm-hmm. All all three guys just started their season absolutely abysmal. But um, that's why you don't see the numbers uh, for Anthony Rizzo at the end of the year. Uh, he probably could have easily had 30 home runs had he had just a couple more by the end of May. But, you know, he did only slug 470 last year. I think he was dealing with a little injury as well. So I think he's got a little bit more room for growth. Uh, but I still think that he's just a tick below the other two. All right, coming in fourth on our lists. Phil, you've got Votto, Todd, you've got Rizzo, and I've got Freddie Freeman. So he does make an appearance uh, just a tad late, a tad later than most people will be picking him up. Uh, what what are you seeing out of Votto there, Phil, that you're going to jump him back up to fourth? I love Joey Votto. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, though, like most of the underlying numbers show that he hit the ball pretty consistently the same way he has for most of his career. I think that the 12 home runs is just an outlier. I don't think that it matters. Just a fluke. Yeah, I think next year he goes back and he starts hitting the ball just as hard as he was last year, and they start going over the fence this year. I can definitely see that. It may have been some bad luck, and in 2019 he's got a way better lineup than he did in 2018. Oh, yeah, and a lot more to play for as far as the team's concerned. Oh, for sure. He's been on like really bad teams lately, and it might have been just a bad season mentally for him even. You know, who knows? Coming in fifth, 
We've got Cody Bellinger there on Phil's list. Todd has Carpenter, Matt Carpenter, and I have Joey Gallo making an appearance. Uh, what are we seeing out of Carpenter there, Todd? Yeah, I mean, obviously last season, it'd be pretty funny to go back and look at what we said because in April and May, uh, we were debating, do you cut Matt Carpenter or do you just leave him on the waiver wire? <laughs> and the second half was just absolutely insane. So he probably had the biggest first half, second half splits of the Goldie-Rizzo comeback season. So that's why I have him fifth behind those guys. But you can't deny um, the season he had. And I think a lot of it's going to carry over into next year. I think a lot of a little bit of a swing change, you know, the launch angle um, improving. I really think he found his stroke. And I mean, obviously, so he'll probably be last year at first base um, with Goldie there. But yeah, I have him number five, just a notch below Rizzo. All right. Sixth on the list, we were a unanimous Jose Abreu. Now, there's been a lot of chatter around the fantasy sphere that uh, that he's already regressing or last year was just a blip on the radar. You guys seeing anything out of Abreu that would indicate a regression or much like Votto that it was just a bad year? He had a really bad team around him. And so it's kind of hard to be as good of a player when you have that bad of a team around you. You start to press, you start to do a little bit more, try a little bit harder he still slugged uh, 473, so not bad in that area when you compare that to his uh, 2016 that was very productive. I think that he just tried to do a little bit too much and you know maybe swung at some pitches that shouldn't have. But his counting numbers, the RBIs and the runs, I think that's more of a team. You know, His, his team was very bad around him, and he was injured for a little bit of the year. So. Yeah, because yeah, for me, I think a big part of it was the injury. Uh, that was the first time in his MLB career that he's actually hit the DL. So mm-hmm. uh, personally, for, for me, the toughest decision was between Abreu and Votto because there's a pretty big ADP uh, drop after those guys. But uh, I took Abreu over Votto just because I think Abreu can bounce back. The lineup's going to be better. And you know, the home run, You know, he's a little bit younger. I think the home run's high 20s, more of a lock than Votto would be And no, he's a guy who's been a 350 on base percentage guy, so not, he won't kill you there, but compared to Votto and the top five guys. But yeah, that's, that's why I have him six and Votto seven. And, and basically, Abreu has floated around a 300 average nearly his whole career. Yeah. All right, on to seventh. Phil, you had Aguilar, Todd, you've got Votto making an appearance, and I have Matt Carpenter. Do we think Aguilar can repeat there, Phil? I don't think it's going to be near the same level. Um, so maybe I have him a little bit high. But, I mean, he didn't even have 500 at-bats last year, and he had 35 home runs. So you get him 600 at-bats this year, he gets 30 home runs. Is everybody happy? Absolutely. So, yeah. I, I mean, you know, he'll probably bat closer to 260 than 280. You know, he, he might end up being more like K. Riss Davis than anyone thinks. Is what I'll say. Batting that consistent 247. Well, yeah, I mean, maybe 250, uh, 255, 260 some season. I don't think he's going to be the Chris Davis where he hits 247 every year. But <laughs> um, I could see him going on the streak of three or four years in a row with 30 or more home runs, 35 home runs. All right, on to eighth. We've got Matt Carpenter, Joey Gallo, and Joey Votto. Not seeing much to despair about there. If you can get them that late into a draft, you're all right. Uh, ninth and 10th, we get a little crazy here. Phil, you've got Muncie and Gallo rounding out your top 10. Uh, let's take this in chunks. What are you seeing out of those two that make them worthy of being on your top 10? Gallo's just got the elite power, so that's a guy that, I mean, he's easy to draft at this position because that's basically what you're looking for most of the time. Um 
you know, he'll get you a couple of stolen bases, uh, decent on base. So if you're an on base percentage league, give him a boost there maybe. Uh, but even if like, I saw some projections that say if he hits 220, then he's like one of the top for 50 hitters. I think it was, um, or the top 50 players in, in fantasy baseball. And that's insane. But I mean, if you look at his runs and RBIs and home runs and everything that he does, if you add in even a little bit more batting average, he's K risk Davis, but better, um, on, on some levels. So easy for me. And then Monty is, I just, man, he's really good. I just don't know if Dave Roberts has a place that he's going to play him. I hear they're talking weird stuff about throwing him at second base even sometimes. <laughs> uh, I don't know how much I am a fan of that, but whatever gets him in the lineup. Uh, I, I could easily see him hit you know, 30, 35 home runs again also. So, I mean, I, easy pick to round out the top 10 uh, at about 100, pick 100. Yeah, because I'm really high on Gallo too. I've really come around him uh, this offseason. And it's just after the top seven, I'll sell out, take my home runs. You know, he's hit over 40 back-to-back years. And he, he walks a good amount. So, like Phil said, if he can get up from 200 to 220, um, that, that's going to pay massive uh, dividends. So, I really like Gallo. He's my number eight. Um, the weird guy, I guess, the crazy guy inside the top 10 that I do have is Ian Desmond. And it's just he's a very um, stressful player to own because his on-base average was not very good last year. But 22 homers, 20 stolen bases. And he stole 15 a year before only playing half a season. So if you want to get some stolen bases at the first base position, Ian Desmond uh, is a good guy to get. And he has everyday spot in the outfield as of right now. So you're probably not going to see him play first as much as last year. But Ian Desmond, 2020 guy, you can't complain with that, playing at Coors. And then at 10, so I had Hoskins in the top 10, but he doesn't qualify at first base yet. So I was, I was debating Muncie and Edwin, but with just the Dodgers being so weird with their lineups, I just put old reliable Edwin and Garcia on at 10. So <laughs> that's that was pretty much my logic. But yeah, so that's my top 10. Yeah, with uh, Ian Desmond, I, man, I, I was playing around with this algorithm and keeping it just to 2018 stats. Your top three are Goldschmidt, Reese Hoskins, once he's eligible, Ian Desmond. Like, they are the top three, which took me for a, for a loop uh, because Desmond's going almost 100 picks after everybody else in that round. Because, I mean, last season I had a lot of Desmond just because the stolen bases have consistently been there and Colorado lets them run, which is great. And They do. You know, it's He's a guy like kind of like Gallo where it kind of feels like you're cheating when you have him because it's just such a not a great hitter in general, you know, the low average and, um, you know, a non-base percentage barely over 300. But he in fantasy baseball, those two guys are cool. Yeah, Desmond had the number one rank overall in home run plus stolen bases. Wow. He, he beat out Goldie by two and Matt Carpenter by two. All right, and my shredder pulled out at nine and ten, Justin Smoke and Carlos Santana. Uh, judging by those names, I really need to recalibrate it. Uh, Santana does keep popping up. I don't know about Smoke, though. Wasn't really a, a big fan of him last year, and I think it's just buoyed by... 2017 when he broke out yeah which i mean you can definitely make an argument that smoke i know we'll get to it in a second but he's a good uh later round first base guy he still has the position for toronto so this is true well let's transition to that where are you seeing value late in drafts just mentioned smoke um it is first base a position where you have to grab one up top early in the draft or can you hold off and grab a decent value one later 
uh, that isn't going to put you in the hole. It really all depends on how you build the rest of your team, but I would, I'm probably looking this year at grabbing one of the guys towards the top because the production that they can do, for instance, the, the top 10 to 12, maybe, um, you, you drop down just a little bit and then, you know, 19 is Luke Voigt. You really want to put your season on Luke Voigt? <laughs> you know, Jose Martinez is 17. Great hitter. Doesn't have a spot to play. Uh, Eric Hosmer is 16. Are these guys you really want for your team uh, that you, you know, Spend your hard-earned money. You know, you, you a lot of time and energy. You really want to look at them all season. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm just being honest and facetious at the same time. Like this year's of all years, you're definitely going to want to draft the first baseman early, especially because some of these guys are going to be thrown in other positions. Matt Carpenter might be thrown at third base out of necessity at draft day. So, boom, there goes you know top five first, uh, top you know ten first baseman right there. Uh, Cody Bellinger, same thing. He might be thrown in the outfield because you're in a five outfielder league. So you have a couple just skimmed right off the top right there. You're not looking too too deep at this position this year, I'm afraid. But Peter Alonzo, 250 in FBC. Or in FBC. Um, I don't think you can go wrong with that. And just below him is Jake Bowers. I think he's going to get an opportunity. Um, I think he was the best player in that trade. And I think you would definitely like your chances with him uh, producing some uh, great numbers at 254 in an FBC. Yeah, because, I mean, one of the big things about first base is if you're in a league that you start a corner infielder or two utility spots, mm-hmm. you're really looking at those first basemen, you know, after 10 to fill those spots and, and get good value at. Um, and I think there's a lot of good players. You know, you have the guys like last year, like Tyler White, Voight, that helped won uh, titles for a lot of teams last year, but I don't know if you really want to bank on them for a full season. But, uh, yeah, if you want to go young, I really like Peter Alonso. I think we all do at this point. Um, and, uh, yeah, so there's a lot of value down there. You know, you can get uh, right between Bowers and Alonso. You have Josh Bell, who I think is a great bounce-back candidate. Um, Don Bates was still there last year, but the power wasn't. So if you can turn that around, I mean, at pick 250 to 26th first baseman, there's some value there, too. I had him written down, too. Yeah. Especially, I, I, especially in on-base percentage leagues. Yeah, and I just think him below Tyler White, Smoke, uh, Mancini, Voy. I just think that's a little too low. I mean, here's a guy who we loved last year, and you know, the on base is still there. It's just the power, and he's a young guy, so hopefully it comes up a little bit, at least over 20 home runs, and I think that'll happen. That's one thing that you mentioned, okay? So one thing that I do whenever I'm doing my draft prep, and this is going to give you guys a little bit of insight to me even, um, I go and I look at last year's ADP. Yeah. And, and what we thought of, of guys last year and see why we think different of them this year. Do I think Josh Bell's any different of a player this year than I did last year? No, I don't. So why would I draft him, you know, 100 picks differently? I can I can jump the gun maybe 25 picks and get him at an absolute steal. So, I mean, great point. And just uh, one more note I want to throw in there for the late round guys. He's going at 283 right now uh, at third base, but he will be a first baseman this year. It's Jake Lamb. And against right-handed pitching in 2017, he hit 282, a 386 on base percentage, 25 homers, 86 RBIs. So every day, if you have, if you're in a position where you you have a deeper bench and you can kind of platoon guys, Jake Lamb mashed um, right-handed pitching in 2017 and pretty much injured all of 2018 in a complete loss season. That's something to keep in mind if that's one of your strategies. Yeah, in prepping for today, Todd and I were kind of teasing around, seeing where Jake Lamb would fall within the first base ranks. Uh, Taking 2017 alone, Jake Lamb would have fallen uh, 6th and 7th in the rankings uh, based on a couple different criteria. So 
definitely he's of the same mold as uh what is it matt olson and uh daniel polka yeah they're going to strike out there is power there so you're looking 240 to 260 batting average on a great season but the power is there as long as the matchups are (laughs) and i like that's one of the things i do like about lamb is you can predict the best times to play him the dude cannot hit lefties just one of the worst hitters against lefties in all of baseball. And I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. But when he's in there against righties, I mean, the 386 on base percentage and 25 homers in 2017 against him. So, you know, you know when to use him. That's really all you can ask for. So that's just a guy to keep in mind. 283 overall, according to NFBC. And he'll be playing for his base for Diamondbacks this season. All right, let's dive into second base here. Uh, the Shredder did pull up the top second baseman, but we had to ixnay him off the list because he's not eligible anymore at second base, and that is Jose Ramirez. We'll be talking about him in our third base prep episode. So, number one, Todd and Phil both have Jose Altuve. The Shredder pulled out Jose Altuve as my second-ranked second baseman, but Javi Baez is is the one coming in first for me and he came in second on Todd's list and third on Phil's list. So Phil, how how are you justifying that he's so far down your list? I mean third second baseman off the board, but that's pretty deep compared to where he's going 13th overall. I just think the risk is immense with him and he's just not somebody I'm willing to take a risk on. His on-base percentage was 326 last year and he struck out 167 times. Uh, he kind of came out of nowhere with his, his spike and slugging percentage and you know the stolen bases kind of came out of nowhere also. He had a top of 12 before last year. So um, I don't know what part of his game is going to sustain from year to year. So he's going to kind of going to be a guy that I'm going to be all out on because there's no way that I'm going to be able to draft him, you know, like you said, after wit. Um, so that's just me personally. I, I firmly am against where he's going. Now, the only thing is about NFBC is, is you have to keep in mind that this is kind of a draft and hold league usually. So him having three position eligibility is pretty big in this league. So you could flip him around. Maybe that's why he's being drafted a little bit early. Uh, in my opinion, 13th overall is just way too soon for me. <laughs> right. Yeah. That was kind of my big argument for, um, having Altuve one and Baez two is that I think obviously I think uh, regression's coming for Baez with Altuve. You know, he's one of the most consistent guys in baseball and had a little bit of a down year for his standards, but was playing through a knee injury. So, you know, if he comes into this season healthy, I think he can bounce back to 20 home runs and steal more than 17 bases. So I would pick him to beat what he did last year. So for me, Altuve is a save number one. And you can get him right now 16th overall in NFBC, which is a lot cheaper than previous years. So Exactly. And that's what I was going to point back to is that, you know, previous years he's going as the number two overall pick in most drafts. And he still hit 315 last year, even fighting through that knee injury for most of the year. So, um, you know, the fact that he still stole 17 bases and had 13 home runs, that's a huge boost for me. That makes me feel good that he actually still was able to hit. Um, He gets a full season to be able to recharge that knee and, and be able to get it back into shape that it needs to be. I don't think that there's any reason why he can't have another 2017. Yeah, and the report so far on his knee is that he's had a pretty much a fully healthy offseason. So he's coming into spring training healthy. He's just 28. He'll turn 29 during the season. So, you know, he 
he's still in his prime. So I love Altuve. I think give him a little bit of discount. So uh, at 16, I absolutely love Altuve. He's still my number one first base or second baseman. I would personally put him up there ahead of Baez just due to the stability factor. Uh, yeah. for first round pick, you're going for stability with plus potential. So high floor, high ceiling. Right. Yeah. And we've probably seen the high ceiling on Baez. Yeah, that might be the best season he ever puts together, which is not a knock on him. He had a great year, but you're, you're I'm just not a person that's going to draft that year. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Third, you said Baez there, Phil Witt for Todd in third. And the Shredder pulled out Brian Dozier uh, on both of my lists as the third ranked second baseman. Kind of surprising to me. I did not plan on seeing his name this high on the list. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's good bargain this year. You can get him pretty cheap, you know. The because <laughs> he's uh, NFBC second baseman number thirteen, one forty four overall. So definitely at a bargain. Um, I mean, even even if it's just his average, it jumps up a little bit next year, and he has the same counting stats as last year. I don't see where you're losing uh, when you're drafting them. What is it? One forty-five. Yeah, one forty-five overall. I mean, that's that's you're winning every time there. All right, fourth on the list. You both said Scooter Jeanette, and I pulled out Whit Merrifield. Is Scooter really this guy now? I know we've debated it in the past, but is this just who he is now? I think that recently I've come to to the realization that Scooter is younger than what most people perceive him as um, because he was really young in his early years. And, you know, even in his first season in 13, he held his own. He had a 324 batting average across 200 at bats. Like that's not somebody who was getting the bat knocked out of his hand. He had some holes in his swing for a couple of years and it looks like he may have fixed it. And now once he fixed it, he's a 300 hitter with, Decent power at second base. No stolen bases, and he plays in a ballpark that's awesome. That the lineup just got substantially better. Uh, I don't see the downside with him. Yeah, I mean, it's we have two back-to-back seasons of him pretty much every year. Yeah, both years at the Reds. He's been great, nothing short of great. So you gotta love a left-handed hitter playing Great American Small Park. So I mean, yeah, he's very consistent. I had him number four on my list. Have a went a little higher, but yeah. I, He's just easy, just easy money, and he's been great the last two years. And he is sneaky 28, which I thought for sure he was over 30. So. <laughs> right? That, so many people thought that. He, such a confusing career, Scooter <laughs> Jeanette. Because well, he got dropped. Yeah. Like, he, he got released. Yeah. The year that he broke out. It's so weird. Well, sometimes Whatever. that'll just light a fire under you that, you know, you're willing to try anything at that point, and something clicked for him. That's essentially what he said, is that, I, I knew what I was doing was, wasn't working at that point, so I was willing to try anything, <laughs> and it worked. All right, fifth on the list, Glaber Torres, the Yankees' uh, now no longer prospect. Phil, Todd, what what are you seeing that ranks him this high? Home run upside, mostly. I mean, shortstop that's probably going to hit 30 home runs this year because he hits in Yankee ballpark or Yankee Stadium, so... Other than that, he is also in Yankee uh, in the Yankees lineup, which is pretty potent. Judge, um, what's, what's that other guy? Stanton. Oh yeah, he he, <laughs> he, 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 didn't, he didn't want to come to St. Louis. Uh, I know why now. He can barely swing the bat and hit a home run. Um, but yeah, I mean that that park, that team, easy pick. Yeah, I mean he's just a big counting stat guy. Doesn't steal a ton of bases, but I mean 
hit 270 as a rookie. Uh, I think he's a too easy 280 hitter. And it's just the counting stats going to come in that lineup, in that ballpark. I Playing the Orioles 20 times a year, it's going to all – in Blue Chase. So I, I really like Labor Torres. And number five, I think that's just a really good spot for him. All right. My algorithm brought out Scooter Jeanette at this point at five. Six, we all start diverting. Uh, I had Rugnet Odur, mostly due to that power-speed combo, it appears. Uh, Todd had – Ozzy Albies, and Phil, the new Rocky, Daniel Murphy, who I believe will be making a good chunk of his playing time in Colorado at first base is kind of a rumor that's been around. Yeah, uh, he hit 300 last year, uh, bouncing around. His career been an elite hitter. Uh, he's the guy that, you know, has had a couple injuries the last year. But again, if you go back to his two previous seasons before that, he gave you excellent numbers, and if you kind of, I I'm kind of like Keith was. If if you tell me somebody's injury prone, I tell you everyone's injury prone, and then I kind of discount <laughs> it. You know what I mean? If you look yeah. at it that way, you know, you, you, there's there's people like Cargo who are made of glass, and then there's people who you're gonna say are injury prone, like Steven Trosberg, that I can tell you has thrown more than 30 starts in the last six years or what five years or whatever it is. So, <laughs> um, I mean, you know, there's there's the perception, and then there's the reality. But if if he gives me 600 or even 500 at bats. Um, I think they're going to be a really awesome 500 at bats and cores. Yeah. And, and to Murphy's credit, it did take him a little longer than people thought to come back. But once he was back, he stayed healthy the whole second half. So, you know, he, oh, yeah, he ho- crushed it when he got yeah. to the Cubs. Yeah. So hopefully he's passed all the knee issues and playing first base is going to help him a ton. So, I mean, obviously it's Coors Field, you know, when in doubt, go up to Rocky. So <laughs> preach. <laughs> all right. Next up, Phil, you had Ozzy Albies in seventh. Todd, you had Travis Shaw. And the algorithm brought out Jonathan Scope. What happened to Albies after yeah. after the hot April? Just yeah. cold, ice cold. Yeah. So first half he had 20 home runs, uh, hit 281. Second half of the season, post All Star break, had four home runs and hit 226. Oof. So that's not good. Uh, sources confirm, but <laughs> I I really am betting on. He stole 14 bases last year, and if he can fall somewhere in the middle, um, you know, keep in mind he's still just 22. I think there's a lot of room for improvement. Uh, the left-handed swing in that ballpark is something I do like. So I have him at six, and I will say just in general, I like the top five second baseman, um, kind of off of Torres, and this is kind of like a little bit of a dead zone because I think from six to 12, 13-ish, they're all kind of the same. You know, they all have their own words and their own upside. And so this is kind of a dead zone for me, but I think Albies is still at the top of it. Who is Albies? Is he, because people in going into the year told me he was going to be a 30 stolen base guy. And then he hit 11 home runs in like April. And <laughs> apparently, you know, nine more the first half. And then four more in the second half and ended up with 14 stolen bases. So I don't know who this guy is. And, and I, oh, yeah, I was totally supposed to be a batting average asset also. Yeah. And he, and he hit 261. So this very much reminds me of Jason Hayward, where you get like erratic stats where one year he'll be high batting average with stolen bases. And the next year he'll give you some power with a low batting average and no stolen bases. And you're like, what is going on here? Um, so where he's going, 55 overall, I probably going to pass every time. 
Uh, and so that means because he's or a 52 overall um, that I'm going to pass every time. And especially because he's young, I'm just never going to get a shot at him unless it's the one league. He went to like 85. Wow. Yeah. I would draft him there. <laughs> right, yeah, right. I would draft him at 85, but at 52, that's not where I'm going to take plenty of other guys. I'd rather have. Well, on that note, would you rather take Scooter Jeanette? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I have him four. Yeah, well, Scooter's going at 93 overall. Which is insane to me. Jonathan like, VR think, at 94. I mean, I think that's fair. Jonathan VR probably needs to drop a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> well, big second half, just base-stealing flurry really pumped up his uh, profile there. Yeah, I guess he did have 35 stolen bases last year, but and I don't know. And People like, are banking on that 60 again. 25 of those in the second half or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. He's got Baltimore, Baltimore is going to let him steal every 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 chance he gets. Oh yeah, green light, green light all day. Yeah, he's like the second base version of uh, Joey Gallo, but stolen bases, where it's <laughs> hitting you don't know what you're going to get, but he's going to steal. I think he'll easily be over 30 stolen bases again, which and now in today's landscape, that's pretty good. So all right, we saw Travis Shaw make an appearance. Is he actually going to be playing second base, or was that experiment with? Moustakis and Scope and every infielder ever. Uh, just too much there in Milwaukee. Um, I think I saw a report that says that he would be uh, still playing some second base, which is crazy to me, but whatever. They know what they're doing better than I do. Do they? Um, just get his bat in the lineup, <laughs> apparently, because he hit 30 home, 32 home runs last year and, and not even 500 at-bats. So maybe they do know what they're I don't know. <laughs> um, he... He's a guy that you're going to plug him in the lineup and he's going to get you 30 home runs again easy, and I don't have any question about that. Um, again, probably he's going to hit closer to 250 than in the 240 that he did because he's career probably 260 hitter. Um, I don't know. Good get. Yeah, I mean, I like Shaw a lot too. Obviously, a Miller Park guy is always good. So I'm just keeping my fingers crossed that he gets those uh, 10 games in his second base this season, but... <laughs> Um, with Moose gone, though, I don't know um, if he is going to, because I assume he's going to play third base every day, but you never really know if the Brewers. So hopefully he does get enough playing time at second base, keep the eligibility. But yeah, at six or seven, that's a great spot for Travis Shaw. All right, on to the nine spot. Nine and ten looks like everybody's speed demons. Phil, you had D Gordon and then VR in ten. Todd, you had VR and then D Gordon in 10. So this is kind of the speed section of your second baseman. A uh, couple guys to make an appearance on this list that via the algorithm, Jed Lowry. Uh, I believe we talked about him last week. Uh, if you want to hear more on our opinion of where he landed. Uh, Jonathan Scope, we said a few words on him last week. Um, Ian Kinsler, man, they are really, the algorithm is really weighted heavily on his 2017. Yeah. Uh, and then Cesar Hernandez makes an appearance. Will he get enough at-bats to even be relevant in 2019? Didn't we talk about the same thing in 2018 and he ended up with decent season, 15 home runs, 19 stolen bases? <laughs> <laughs> basically, basically. I mean, I think that he's the guy that they'll plug in wherever they have to, and at this point, it's second base. Yeah, and it just takes one guy to go down for the Phillies, and he's everyday player. So true. And isn't he, isn't that how he ended up every day yeah. this last year? Um, All right. He's going 180th off the board. Uh, it'd be hard pressed to say no to that. And when he does play, that lineup is much better now. Oh yeah. And we'll presumably get even better because 
There's rumors of a Harper announcement sometime this week, maybe. Yeah. To St. Louis? Sure. Why would that help Cesar Hernandez? <laughs> well, playing time, Phil. Playing time. Oh, I get it. I like it. Either that or he'll lose time to Jose Martinez when he gets traded to the Phillies. Lit. <laughs> Um, one guy that did benefit a little bit out of today's, well, today, Tuesday's news, uh, Freddie Galvis signed with the Blue Jays to be their everyday shortstop, and Lourdes Gurriel, going off the board at 221, will be presumably the everyday second baseman, a position he's much better suited for in the long run um who who are you guys looking at in deeper deeper rounds at second base middle infield type tell Marte is a guy they could break out this year um let's see decent uh, power decent stolen bases source um you know had a better second half of the year um guy that's going pick 227 i think he could easily give you better value than that yeah, and one big thing with Marte is that he hit um, lefties really well, but just didn't hit righties that well. Uh, 321 versus lefties, just 224 against righties. And despite having almost twice the at-bats, he only had five home runs compared to nine against lefties. So uh, he's definitely obviously going to need to improve in that area. But he's a guy who, you know, 14 home runs last year. He's one of the fastest guys in baseball, and it really bugs me that he doesn't run more because it, it's one of the most mind-blowing things. Um, he's he's a little frustrating to watch, but I really think he you know it's his fifth year in the majors and he's just 25, and he's improved every year. He's gonna be pretty much everyday center fielder. So Cattell Marte does have a lot of upside and he can get really cheap. But I I do want to mention I mentioned him last week and I'll just mention him again real quickly. Jed Lowry at pick 271, absolutely love that number 24 second baseman. Uh, OPS is over 800 back to back season, so that's a really good late round add to your lineup. Well, he's going with his Mets counterpart, Jeff McNeil, within a few uh, draft picks there. Uh, McNeil is kind of a man without a home, supposedly going to be roaming everywhere from the outfield to most of the infield. Cespedes is still on the team? Yeah. I hope it's about to play soon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, with how old Cano is, uh, and uh, Confronto having his injury issues and just the Mets being the Mets, it's, you know, and honestly, it's kind of, he should just take Todd Frazier's spot, in my opinion. So, <laughs> but uh, I think he'll find his playing time. But at least to begin the year, it's going to be frustrating to McNeil, but he, he should be in the lineup. You can't deny that. Another guy, Nick Senzel. I know we talked a lot about yeah. him last year. If, if he can get over the vertigo, which, you know, it can be something that comes and goes, but it can be something that goes for a long time. Uh, if he can go through a whole season, make it to the majors, I don't see why he wouldn't be somebody that would produce um, better than the people going around him. Uh, pick 235. Just one thing I'll mention, if you're in a super, super deep league, if you're in an invitation all and you and the draft and need a middle infielder, Jason Kipnis is a guy who 18 homers last year, seven stolen bases. He does a little bit of everything, and he is practically free. He might even not get drafted in a couple uh, a couple leagues. So when you're desperate for middle infielders and the draft, he's a guy who plays every day, especially now with Indians and trading everyone. Uh, just super, super, super deep leagues. That's a guy who I always find a find a way ending up with. So just a guy to keep in mind. So besides Senzel, what second base prospect should people be on the lookout? Uh, because shortly after him, you've got Luis Urias. You got Keston Huira out of the Brewers system. Um, that kid looked good at the fall league. That he, he did. That kid, it, 
he's going to be good, and especially because he's going to maybe he's going to be the second baseman, and maybe they just won't put Shaw over there. But he's going to be really good. That's the Brewer second baseman of the future, I believe. I believe that is the plan. No, I was saying I believe in him. Oh, okay. Pick three eighty. Oh, just a question for Phil. What do you think of uh, Munoz for the Cardinals? Uh, I don't think he really has anywhere to play. That's his problem. <laughs> Plus, he's a little bit random about what he does. Like, he hits the ball decent, but not hard enough to make it to where it would, you know, matter as far as power is concerned. I don't think he actually steals bases at a rate that you're going to want. Um, I don't think his average is going to be anywhere. I think he's a nice guy to kind of fill in if, if they can, if you have nothing left. But I would personally rather have, like, a guy like Hernan Perez yeah, a couple, couple more years experience of knowing what he's got, you know. Yeah, because he's just a guy last year who was a uh, real nice waiver wire piece at times when uh, De Jong got hurt and just injuries that they had. But yeah, I was just kind of curious because he's 38th overall in um, NFBC. So. Yeah, eight homers, five stolen bases, very much a replacement level player, um, at least so far. And he's eligible all over second third short outfield so somebody to keep on your radar when injuries do strike because we all know how baseball is somebody always goes down but he was a decent fill-in and hopefully he's got enough at bats to make him worth even a pickup neil walker in miami anybody i saw i saw the funniest some guy one of the reporters tweeted out that they plan to platoon neil walker and peter o'brien at first base i'm just like oh Oh, wow i just feel bad for marlin fans i don't know any but if you're out there listening i'm I'm sorry. And that, yeah, I mean, Neil Walker at this point, I, I love him, pirate guy, but he's kind of washed at this point. <laughs> I hate to say it, but because he's a guy, he's had really bad back problems in his career. So it, I just feel like that sapped a lot of um, the power and just, you know, from his game. All right. Where do we sit on Yon Mankata? He's still going 14th second baseman off the board, 157th overall. Is he going to put it together or should we stay away for another year and see if he's actually going to develop? Um, I'm not a fan. I never have. I never really have been a fan. Uh, I know he was Keith Starling for a while, but I just think that you get a lot of hype and not a lot of production. So kind of Albies, but less. I think a lot less. I mean, <laughs> even Albies put up production though. Like honestly. Well, takeaway is April, and I mean, he had a super hot month, and then the wheels fell off. Granted, Moncada hasn't even had that. Yeah, the only thing I really don't like about Moncada is he had a 32% strikeout rate in 2017 and then he followed it up last season with a 33.4 so that issue the walk rate went down from 12 to 10 which one of the calling cards was hey you can still get on base through walking and hopefully stone bases come through that but you regress in both categories and you know finding a way to regress from a 32 percent strikeout rate is not a great sign but um so that's what kind of worries about me i just think there's a learning curve for him and you know maybe in a dynasty league he's an interesting buy low guy to hold on for two but in a single season i'm not on Moncada at all goodbye all those teams acuna Moncada. <laughs> some team names are just cringeworthy all right well that'll wrap up first and second base we'll be back in your ear holes soon with more position breakdowns and some deeper draft picks all right phil where can the people find you i'm phil and i'm at the baseball jedi todd i'm todd and you can find me at goldie happens still no no name change still goldie happens i have a long list but i just can't bring myself to uh to getting rid of it <laughs> i've had it for too long it's been like five years so it's tough to let go but we'll see yeah. we'll keep you guys updated he can always come back there's hope <laughs> <laughs> It's not over yet. <laughs> I've been Jeremy at Front Office Jerry. You can follow the pod at Fan Front Office. 
And of course, visit us at our home on the web, fanfrontofficepodcast.com. And make sure to hit that merch tab and check out the designs we've got up there. And shoot us a DM if you got a design that you want us to figure out. So until next week, we have been the Fantasy Front Office. 